ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Speedwise. This is Damani Smith. My um, Instagram and Twitter are at Damani the Goat. And this is Jack Brinson, aka at KingDub24 on Twitter, Instagram, whatever other social media you can think about. What's up? We are the guys that often go to the Rover Race every year. Uh, that's, I guess, all we can say for now, but we're going to get to that well. later. <laughs> but uh, we got some stuff to talk about because starting off this past weekend, we had Watkins Glen and Saturday and Sunday ended up being the exact same finish somehow. <laughs> some way, somehow. We had Kyle Larson sweeping the weekend. And don't forget, uh, the Dinger came in second on both occasions, too. I think this was the second time it happened in uh, history where first and second were the same. Kyle Busch and Brad Kislowski in right. 2013, New yep. Hampshire, yep. Yep. was yep. the only time prior. Mm-hmm. So a rare occurrence that we might or might not see ever again. It took nine know. years for it to happen again. You never know. So with that being said, um, let's talk Watkins Glen, Xfinity, and Cup in no particular order. How do you feel about the overall on-track product before we get into the finish of Sunday? I will say, and this is more so based on my terrible personal work schedule and how it's been recently. Um, I miss a good majority of the Xfinity race. Apparently, I tuned in right after the caution for um, Byron taking out, the, oh, not Byron taking out, to um, Ty Gibbs, but that incident period. I forgot who took out who. I didn't know what happened. And I was like, dang, I missed a lot, huh? But, we um, young Byron spun in the, what's it called, the S's? Yeah, the S's with uh, Ty. Um, so that happened. Um, then they started spitting Bible verses back and forth to <laughs> each other. But that's another topic. I mean, um, did you see more of the race Saturday? Uh, I recorded it because I was out with my lady. Oh, and nice. Yeah, had to come home, watch it on DVR. I felt like it was overall good. No yeah. rain Saturday, unlike Sunday. Oddly. Cup guys dominated. Oddly. No, well, that part's not obvious. Obviously, I'm not surprised by that. Ty had a good good showing until he didn't. Um, it's interesting, too. Um, and, I, and, I, and I do like how they kept professional on Sunday, but they, they definitely got tangled up again in the last lap of the race, and then um, they had some talks to each other uh, post-race um, on Saturday, but um, it didn't seem too aggressive. You never really can tell when those recording unless you're like right there with the hot mic. I think the media group's trying to be safe with, the, with what you can and can't hear, but, but um, it was definitely interesting to see. I, it's, I'm not surprised that Ty's getting talked to by somebody. I'm a little more surprised by William Byron because he's more of a soft-spoken guy overall. But I'm not surprised that he did it though. So I feel like after the Darlington incident, Darlington incident with Logano, yeah, yeah, my fault, y'all. Um, I feel like after that, he wants to show everyone in the garage, no matter what series he's in, that he's not the one to be pushed around. I agree. I feel like whether he's running even a truck race, he's mm-hmm. gonna go down and talk to those guys and say, "Hey, what you did was not cool." Because once you get to the cup level, guys like to throw hands. They throw hands prior. But it's serious. Big money, big championship, big championships, bills, and stuff. Most All definitely, matters. you can't be messing with people's money. Yeah, especially Bubba's money for mm-hmm. reasons that are understood. I mean, it's also interesting, um, and I'm saying this because you, you kind of hinted at it. But it's, it's like I seeing that out of Byron. Like I said, it, it's not necessarily unprecedented for what happened. It makes sense that it happened, but it's like, wow, this dude might really be acting like a veteran, you know? Right. Um, and you wouldn't think about that because we look at him as he's technically speaking, the youngest person at Hendricks right now. Um, at least Cup experience-wise, the youngest. Not to mention Ty Gibbs might be in Cup next year. We'll, we'll get to that later, mm-hmm. but this isn't going to be the fir- the last time that they're on track together. Yeah, for sure. Um, with that being mm-hmm. said, let's talk about Brad Perez's Xfinity Series right, debut. Right, right, right. I re- I've 
paid close attention to him. On my old podcast, I had him on as a guest. I'm close friends nice. with Brad. Nice. Um, every time he does something different, I'm watching closely. I noticed he ran in the back, I would say, 35th on to 30th up until the last 20 laps of the race, then made his way up to 20th. Even though a lot of guys had wrecked out prior, what's important when making your debut is to keep the car in one piece, right. stay out of trouble, mm-hmm. and bring him a good finish. Joey Gates' team is still fairly new in the garage, and just the fact he was able to bring home a top 20, which I believe Bailey Curry said is an 80K payout, nice. that's some big money for Brad Perez. It's good trying to get teams in. Most definitely. They can definitely go forward going into next season. Um, anything else in regards to the Xfinity race, Jack? Do we dare touch Arca? I don't even think we should. Arca <laughs> Sunday or Friday. Because Sunday was our typical Arca shit, you know. I mean, it's... I've I only thought about mentioning this because, for one, I, I was shocked that there was a race on Friday and then a race on Sunday. But, yeah, we're not going to go into Arca right now. So, let's talk about the cup race on Sunday. Hendrick Motorsports, number nine versus five, nine to five. What do you think of that? You know, it's, it's funny for me, um, and I'm trying to say this not coming off as biased as, as possible. As most of you guys have noticed by now, I am a Chase Elliott fan first. I am also technically a Larson fan as well. Um, I follow Larson since he was in the K&N series um, on the way up to Cup. Uh, so it's interesting for me as a fan. Um, I, I think it's, I think I'm saying this, for one, I, I think it's just a part of racing first off. Um, obviously, Larson did lock up his uh, front tires, whether that was on purpose or not. Could he have a lot more give on that restart or not? I think he could have, but that's a part of racing. It's the last – it was to end up being the last restart. But, you know, you never know. We could have had an instant, like, Indy World Course where, you know, we had, like, five restarts. You know, well, I'm over-exaggerating. But, of course, it, but of course it could have been with the, how it was still damp and stuff. Um, but I'm saying that because um, it's, it's interesting. I think the Dawsonville – Pool room said it best. Um, they literally we quote they, they quote tweeted their tweet from after Auto Club about Larson, and it's like some things just don't just don't change. And, and I mean I don't really care as much that Chase didn't win. That's not my point here. Um, I don't mind that Larson won either. But it, I was like, damn, like all the people that he had to like bump into, it happened to be Chase. And I, and I think Chase's interview afterwards actually summed it up really nicely too. I mean, Chase, you could tell he was. Obviously, be more. I'm excited for Bristol this weekend. By the way. Oh yeah, we got tickets. Definitely. <laughs> so, so yeah, we got tickets to Bristol anyway. Hopefully, hopefully VIP passes for the Cup race at least. Yeah, so. Bristol's a super speedway this weekend, y'all. <laughs> not a dirt track, not a short track. Yeah. It's a 2.5 mile oval with the taper spacers. Yeah, most deaf. But um, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if that means that we're gonna see something at actual Bristol or he's just trying his best to just stay calm in that moment because, you know, media does their best to not necessarily be juicy, but they're, they're being media. So they're going to ask a question that you may not want to hear at that moment. Um, so um, I think that both drivers handled that situation well. Uh, based off of what we've heard today at the Martinsville test, um, the team seems to be okay on both ends, even though we only got to see um, Alex Bowman's and Kyle Larson's side of the story. We'll see about Chase and uh, – uh, William Byron tomorrow, more than likely, when they do their test tomorrow. But um, it's definitely interesting. I mean, I, I do kind of feel for Chase. I mean, on one end, he's the regular season champ. Um, he won it without even having to finish the race, first off. But um, obviously, you want to get you want to keep that momentum going to the playoffs. Um, obviously, if you 
are one of the dominating cards the entire day. You want to finish strong. You don't want to lose out some BS, especially by your teammate at the last the last oh, restart yes. of the race, you know. So the first racings are, are definitely warranted. Whether or not you agree that it's just a racing incident, um, whether or not you agree that Larson should have uh, gave more gift than he gave take on that last restart, whatever you might think about it. I mean, the feelings are just, um, but it's racing. And that's how I feel about it at the end of the day. So it's racing. I agree. Just a racing incident. Honestly, Chase Elliott will get over it. And I'm not a fan of either. Kyle Larson did what he had to do. Chase already clinched the regular season championship up at that point, getting the stage points. Larson's just like, hey, let me get as many playoff points as I can before the playoffs start. Because this year, it's not nearly as dominant as he was last year. I'm not saying Larson was right. And I'm not saying I agree with him. But I would have done the same thing in his shoes. Sorry to my teammate. Not, okay, I was just going to say, not to mention the incident at Auto Club. Like, mm -hmm. I'm sure that's still boiling over and going to affect them directly in the playoffs, especially at Bristol this weekend and in a few weeks. <laughs> you know, I, I still think about um, – because I mentioned, I mentioned this last week, you know. I was like, you know, Chase Elliott is going to be his, his biggest enemy when it comes to these road courses. And that be, whether that be, like, something wrong with the car or that would be, like, something like um, – I mentioned, like, like, I think it might have been, like, 09 or whatever year it was that Jeff Gordon, he will hop on the last restart with two to go or whatever it might have been and lost that race at Watkins Glen. And I was like, I, I feel like, you know, Chase is going to have a car that has a good chance to win, but something like that might come up. And ironically, it wasn't his fault this time. Um, but, you know, still one of those things was, like, you know, I hate it that it happened, but I'm not surprised. It's just the way things have been going on the road course for him this year, you know. Um he has four wins, so I'm not mad, you know, at the end of the day. But, I mean, it's a day that we saw uh, both favorites of the day uh, get involved in something, you know. Whether it was um, intentional or not, it's up to debate. But it, they were involved in something, you know. Reddick led for a good portion of the race before he, did he blew a tire or did he just spin out? I forgot. He spun out. No, he, uh, he earlier hit the stop on the course. That's right. He ran through the bus stop. Yeah. And then he had to – um. Serve the not serve the penalty. Then he spun out in the um bus. In the bus stop afterwards, yeah. Um, so he had his little trouble. He he made a rebound towards the end. Uh, he might still. I don't know if the final finish him, but he might have had a top five here correctly. I can't fully recall. Yeah, I'm looking at the results as uh, we speak. Uh, Michael McDowell had a strong showing, which I'm not shocked by, but at the same time, he's a lot stronger than I thought he was going to be this weekend. Um, obviously, I think the rain tire ears were something good to talk about because um. Um, this is the, I want to say, third race we've had, at least with damp conditions. Uh, I know the Roval, that was like 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, Coda last year, and this should be the third race that has been in damp conditions. And this was the first race in the next gen with damp conditions. Right. And Michael McDowell, he was ex he's experienced at Watkins Glen and in the rain at mm -hmm. the same track. Yeah. I'm not surprised. The next gen car is doing what it's intended to do, get those guys, because last year, I would say McDowell would probably would have been no higher than 15th. This year... Well, it's still walking there. He could have probably got top five. Possibly. Top, top, it depends top on, like, what point in the season it would have yeah, been. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and his teammate Todd even... He led a bit of the Yeah, race. he led... He, he lost the lead to Logano, then grabbed it back off the... Uh, I think it was turn 10. Yeah, and he broke his axle, I believe. It was not his that. fault, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's one of those uh, next-year issues that sometimes sadly pop up. Just from... Not, uh, not necessarily even being aggressive, but just... Uh, Racing hard, you know. Um, I like yeah. with this new car that every single team except Rick Ware and Live Fast, <laughs> sorry guys, can be up front at any point. Yeah. And genuinely, well, no, I take that back. Joey Han 
And Joey Ham ran good all Yeah, he all ran day good. Until he uh, had he blew a tire. No, he, I know he ran to the sand trap, right? Yeah, he ran to the sand yeah. trap. I can't remember the tire first. Wall. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Yeah, I was impressed with that. He's he's a great road racer. I hope he comes back for more road courses next year. But I can honestly I can't see it happening if hypothetically Kyle Bush goes to Stuart Haas and Cole Custer gets booted to Stu um Rick Ware with the Stuart Haas Alliance. Oof. That's a statement in itself. But it makes sense. I saw some I don't know, YouTube maybe. It was like some trade rumor of him going to colleague next year. It's like really? It's like and for first of all, it wasn't from no official source. It was just from some guy. That yeah, had NASCAR the same. I feel like the same source is the one that said Eric Almirola is coming back next year. When Almirola himself said he doesn't know. He he doesn't know what he's yeah. doing. So at the end of the day, the sponsors have the most say. Yep. And I know Priest is hungry to go back full time cup racing. Yep. I know. Almirola has a lot left to him after he might miss the playoffs after this weekend. I know he wants to have another run at a championship. Mm-hmm. Like, with all this being said, we're going to get caught up in silly season in just a second. Yep. So, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Right about now. So, we're back after that short 30 minute pause, 30 second pause. It's been a long day, y'all. I had a job interview. Man, it's just a lot going on. Come up so season. Yes, sir. So let's talk about Kimi Rakkinen's debut in the Project 91 entry. Did he Did he earn his drink? He earned his drink. I don't know if he had it, but after hitting that wall, I would take about five drinks. Yeah. Um. So Kimi Rakkinen, he was fast in practice on Saturday, mm-hmm. qualified 27th. Still not bad because, you know, everybody's fast in qualifying. He's still getting acclimated to the new car. Mm-hmm. Um. He went up to, I think, as high as ninth yeah. during the race. Mm-hmm. And to see him block, make those aggressive moves, and do what he has to do. He wants to come back for another. We even have interest from IndyCar, Indy 500 winner, actually, yes. Marcus Erickson. This year's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have somebody else who uh, wants to do the Project 91 uh, experience. Jensen Button from F1 uh, has mentioned that he he's open to doing it. I think somebody else that used to be in F1 might have mentioned they have interest. The fact yeah. that we have other guys in other forms of motorsports wanting to try NASCAR and ratings going up by 17% proves NASCAR is in better shape than it's been in the last five years. Better shape. Mm-hmm. I think it's also, I mean, um, it, it's funny because before this weekend, uh, there was a it was a legit tweet. And it was a hypothetical argument, but it legit happens all the time. It's like where F1 guys talk about how much they think NASCAR is terrible because they're so used to having road courses every week that they think that NASCAR, because they have so many ovals, that is stupid. And they, they also don't think that NASCAR actually has road courses. And here we are now. NASCAR now has more than just three road courses. We have, what is it, six this year or seven? We have six. Last year was seven because yeah. of the Daytona road yeah, yeah, course. Yeah. So it's like we have six now. And with Kimmy being, well, at least Kimmy being there, there's other guys. There was a total of six international guys there, including uh, our usual uh, Suarez being there. Suarez but, finished fifth. Yeah, he Mike finished Rockenfeller finished thirtieth. But it's giving them the international pill that NASCAR needs, mm-hmm. both uh, both from the standpoint of you know it's always good to build your audience. Um, Suarez has definitely helped out significantly with that for sure. But I think that this weekend with Kimi and all those other guys um, coming over, whether it's been from the F1 background, into the background, or whatever it might have been, um, it, it definitely helps out. I mean, you got eyes that we wouldn't normally have on a sport. Those same F1 guys, I, I saw different threads about people that normally watch F1 that haven't tuned into the race. They were shocked because, for one, the guys didn't know F1's on a break right now. So they're watching Kimi because – I didn't know that either. Yeah. I keep up with F1, but I didn't know they were not they were on a break. Yeah, they're on a summer break right now. 
But um, you it's know, it's perfect it, for them. Then yeah, it, it was really perfect for like people like them to watch this race weekend because they had something to cheer on. And Kimi did great. Um, it, 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 you said it a minute ago, it shows the parody of these cars. Um, for somebody like him to, he didn't just get knifed after a restart. He kept it, you know, he kept it for a good minute. And um, even after, I think, the uh, stage end or whatever it might have been, caution the camp afterwards, he was still in that area before pit stops and everything else kind of came up. So um, even his little wreck wasn't his fault. It just happened to yeah, be Yeah, one three spinning out and just a bunch of cars getting into him. Yeah. And people were putting the blame on Chastain. I feel like that's an unfair judgment, mm-hmm. not because it's him, but because it's like, it's, go ahead. No, you're right. I was going, it's three I, cars, I and the car's going three wide yeah. in the S's. Maybe that that's was the bus stop. Yeah, yes, the bus that's, stop. that happens there. We saw it, like I said, with William Byron and mm-hmm. Ty Gibbs Saturday. Mm-hmm. Like, anytime Ross is part of an incident, and why would he deliberately take his teammate out is what I want to ask everybody right. who says that's on Ross. Ross needs to be part. What is he doing? Y'all praise Dale Sr. Y'all love, love, in quotations, aggressive racing, but y'all have an issue with an aggressive driver. It's always love until they realize it's not the person that they love. They're used to seeing. Because if Chase Elliott drove like that, there would be rounds of applause everywhere. No offense. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. I, I think because I think the funniest thing was the comparison. We talked about it briefly earlier about um, Larson um, getting into Chase and people being mad because they have an auto club, right? Right. But we saw people as well. And I was like, well, what about Chase and this guy here? What about Chase and this block here? And this Crickets. track here? You know, and it's like. You can't pick and choose when you're mad. I understand you might feel more mad when it's your driver involved. Definitely. Um, and, I, and I get that little bit of bias, but it's like you, if you're gonna be one way one time, don't be have a, don't be like a hypocrite when it comes up and it's not in your favor. There aren't many logical Chase fans. I think this is one of like five in the entire population. Hey, I mean, like five. I have a brain. <laughs> a brain. Well, you have working functional brain cells also. Um, I don't. So. I don't. I don't uh, pour. Mountain Dew and Coke. Yeah, like after, people after should not be named from TikTok. Anyway, I mean, bless his heart. He's a he's a funny guy. He's a funny guy. He's entertaining. Yeah, but like, just don't 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 pour Coke on you yourself, you guys. I don't care how happy you are. Don't do that if your driver wins. If you just do, don't do it. if he does win, be a man about it. Drop a forty ounce on you. Drop drop some <laughs> champ, uh, some victory champagne. Something serious. I saw some guy. He was a uh, who the fuck won this weekend? Ah, uh, fuck. Uh, which one, Kyle? Larson? I don't fucking remember. I don't think it was. A, I think he was a um IndyCar guy, maybe. And this guy won, and he and he did he did it mockingly with the. With Let me the, see who won the IndyCar race because they were on a uh, Newgarden, Joseph Newgarden, Joseph Newgarden. But um, he he poured uh uh uh, uh fuck, what is it? Uh, not Bush. Uh, Coors Light on his head. And I, and I was like, ah, shit, it's a man's drink. <laughs> but um, uh, but yeah, I'm just I'm just talking shit. Don't let me. But, uh, no worries, man. That's what we do here. Yeah. So um, the next race. Is Daytona. Daytona. I mean, no, it's Bristol. Remember? Yes. Looking forward to Bristol. The Bristol Coke Zero 400 presented by... Bass Pro Shops. Yes. <laughs> Since there is a Bass Pro Shops across the street, that would only be appropriate. Yes. But um, back to the point. So with that being said, second and fourth in points, mm-hmm. hypothetically, we got drivers mm-hmm. who are good on restricted plate tracks. Eric Jones, Justin Haley. Yeah, Bubba Wallace. All hungry for wins. Thanks, thanks, Siri. Eric She's over here looking Eric Jones up. Thanks, Siri. That's weird. Okay. Uh, is Siri trying to predict the future and tell us Eric Jones is the winner this weekend? I would not get upset by that happening, but I would be shocked as shit. I mean, hey, he won this race four, four years, years ago. ago. This was his first mm-hmm. career win, so it wouldn't surprise me to see Eric Jones 
win this this weekend's race? Well, I think the bigger thing is is for one is Daytona. Um, Any but anything can happen. Anything can happen. I I don't know uh, personally. I I'm not too confident of this race. I'm not too confident about Todd Daga in the playoffs. Um, and I'm saying that based off of the next gen car on those two tracks so far this year. Um, I do I do think that drivers having 25 races in the next gen car now would have a bit more uh, confidence in themselves mm-hmm. when it comes to racing. But um, I, I wouldn't be shocked that we see a lot of two wide racing and not a lot of fights for the lead per se. Yeah, I don't want a uh, 400 mile crash fest personally. I, no, I, I, you know, I'm and I'm I'm always for good racing over crashes. Crashes are cool, but I'd rather have an eventful, constant back and forth battle for the lead. Like 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 how Atlanta was in the spring, for example. You know, there were so many passes for the lead. It was, and it's, I think, still the um, record for Atlanta. Um, most lead changes there at all time. But, um, you know, it's just that you, you never knew who was going to win until the last lap came and you finally saw it. Right. I'd rather have that than a wreck fest, but um, – I also rather have that than a snooze fest where it's just like, you know, one, two, or two cars are pretty much necking up the entire day. And at the end, we see who finally wins the race. Um, I do see this as a race that might be strong for for Ford if they can keep themselves not wrecked. Right. Keselowski is also a guy, even though he's had an abysmal season, first mm-hmm. year as an owner driver, he's somebody who was really strong in February. Roush was, mm-hmm. I feel like Roush and Penske were the team to beat. Right. Stuart Haas was kind of quiet, mm-hmm. but because they're part of Ford and Kevin Harvick is on a hot streak right now. They don't have we, a better chance this year yet. What is right. Again, I can totally see any Ford, and I mean any, except for Rick Ware racing live fast, coming out front and emerging victorious at what, Daytona. What if this is the, the, the year that Corey, Corey, uh, not Corey, Cody Ware, Cody Ware who's in the 15 off, this pulls, weekend? Pulls off some, some miracle stuff and mm-hmm. wins. Oh, and David Reagan. David Reagan's back in the 15. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. David Reagan, I mean, if he doesn't have a crap car, he would actually legitimately have a decent Oh, chance. looks like we have a guest calling. Hello? Hello. What's up? This is Evan, y'all. Say what's good to Evan. What's up, Evan? What's up, everybody? So, Evan, we're talking about Daytona right now. We're talking about our picks to win, what we think is going to happen this weekend. What are your thoughts going into Daytona with this playoff format being as tight as it is so far? Uh, I... It's still unpredictable. Still, any of those 14, 15-ish guys could be making it from anywhere from uh, obviously Blaney and Truex to guys like Corey LaJoy and Stenhouse and stuff like that. It's going to be super interesting how the guys play out points and how many guys try to lay back and see if that causes any drama. Um, I, I would like to see a different winner, but I don't think it's going to happen to Philip the 16th. I think Blaney will make it out of points. You think Blaney will make it out on points? Well, he's the defending winner from last year. So do you think he possibly pulls off the victory and guarantees that um, 16th berth? I think he definitely could uh, based on how strong the Penske cars always mm-hmm. are at the super speedways. It's going to be him with his two, three teammates helping him. I don't know how much Harrison Burton will be because he's trying to get that right. spot to being outside of it. But I think Logano and Sinter could definitely help him. So either way, the win or just an on points, I, th- I think Blaney takes that 16th spot. Yeah, I'm all for that. I'm, I might have a little biases being that I like Blaney, but I kind of want to see somebody spoil yeah. the party just so NASCAR can see, once again, this format is very inconsistent and unfair. I know there's emphasis yeah. on winning, 
But Kurt Busch missing six races and still being able to compete just doesn't sit right with my soul. And I like him, too. Yeah, I love Kurt. I, I saw something that if he said that he couldn't make it for that, like, he could forfeit his waiver to lose his spot. Right. And put Blaney or Truex in, whoever's yeah the next one up. Because if we he, get a 16th winner. He would want the Toyota. Well, that's also true. But more Toyotas in the playoffs, rather. Like, if. I feel like he would do that if. I didn't even think um, of that. Mm-hmm. Smart. I feel like it would that would happen if Truex was ahead of Blaney on points. I think that'd be more likely uh, since uh, that would put Truex in to help him behind the guys the guys behind him that are not uh, Toyotas. Oh yes, precisely. So I know you were at a baseball game on Sunday. Did you see any of the Cup race on um, when you got home or any highlights? Um, I actually listened to the first half of it on MRM, trying to get uh, MRM getting out of traffic into it. But I saw the ending. I saw uh, basically the main stuff that happened. Uh, Chase Elliott overreacted, in my opinion. <laughs> hmm. I do have biases against him, but I, I feel like that was just a clean, hard race and move near the end of a race, and he just picked the wrong lane. I, I think they, all three races that weekend, they were determined by who – if you pick the right lane, if you pick yep. the outside, yep. you knew the guys on the inside were going to push you up out of the way. Oh, yes. You're getting pushed back a couple spots. That happened in the Arca race, and it happened in the Xfinity race, and that happened with Chase and the Cup race. Mm hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Like the inside lane, I don't know. Watkins Glen, that's a tough track to make that, um, that choice. Yeah, that choose cone choice. Because you just yeah. never know what you're going to get. You never know they, the deck uh, cards doing. They with. actually. They don't do the choose going. They sure don't. But he still, yeah, he still has lane choice preference. Option. Yeah, just like super speed like, yeah. like it used to be. Yeah. That's right. Thanks for reminding me, guys. So we're going to take a quick break real quick. We're going to go stop and use the restroom, get some alcohol. It's the booty boy. Who that is, man. <laughs> we're back from another break, and Evan wants to talk dirt racing. So I personally don't know much about dirt racing other than Tyler Reddick and Kyle Larson come from dirt backgrounds. Really? So. Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about dirt racing and Bristol dirt. So, Evan, what's going on in the world of dirt at the moment? Well, last week before the weekend, uh, Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet, uh, he ran for Junior Motorsports a, a little bit in like 2014, 2015. Uh, he's the back-to-back-to-back Love Outlaw Sprint Car Champion. Him and Kyle, they're brother-in-laws, and they promote a track in California. And they started a midweek sprint car series called the High Limit Series where some of the sprint car guys, they just get to do big money races during the week. Don't they have the highest payout? Yeah, they. Uh, the first race at Lincoln Park was $22,500. God damn. Which is decent money. Uh, decent For uh, dirt racing. Good. How many laps was that, by the way? Uh, most sprint car races are 30 to 40 for their main events. This one was probably 30. Okay. Uh, they they like to try to save their stuff, so a bunch of the midweek races are thirty, but the weekend ones we go like forty to fifty five. Right. Because they have really small fuel cells in them. But um, mm-hmm. in the high limit series, uh, Buddy Kofoid he ran both dirt races for the truck series this year for KBM. He's a Toyota develop, uh, development driver. Uh, he won the high limit uh, race at Lincoln Park. Uh, their, they were just doing like a one off show um, to get ready for next year, just test to see how it was. But um, for the World Outlaw Sprint Cars, they were up in Jackson, uh, 
for the Jackson Nationals at Houston Speedway in North Dakota. Uh, Logan Tuhart won the preliminary night, which is like their practice practice night. They run on Fridays. And then Carson Macedo, who's uh, third in points, he dominated all of Saturday, uh, leading all 40 laps. And I believe walking away $25,000. Good payout. And, mm-hmm. and the points, uh, Brad Sweet, still your point leader, 60 points over uh, David Gravel. 96 ever Macedo, Sheldon Hodenschiller, who runs for Ricky Stenhouse's team. He's 138 behind. And then the now 11-time Knoxville Nationals winner, Donnie Schatz, is 170 behind in fifth. So with that being said, how do you keep up with dirt racing? Like, does it come on TV? Does it come on Peacock, social media? How do I watch dirt racing? Uh, for the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars, they are only live on Dirt Vision, which is a monthly or yearly subscription. Which, I hate that now. Um, it's, it's just one of them. Most of racing is a subscription service. Right. The only racing that's really on TV would be Lucas, which is on MAV TV mm-hmm. for their for their main events on Saturday nights. Right. But if you want to watch sprint cars, it's on Dirt Vision. Is uh, they're they even though since it's a subscription service, you got to pay to watch it. You can still listen to like the radio broadcast of it. So it's just the same thing with no video. Or their social media stay updated, like the actual World of Outlaw Instagram. They let you know for the results of every uh, qualifying and hot laps, uh, all the heat races, all the lineups that's coming up, and give you like detailed uh, of what's happening, like when a caution comes out during the races and everything. So, so kind of like MRN for dirt. dirt. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, with that. One, my one last question before I let you, uh, one of you two get the mic again is, is <laughs> this man, um, is Tony Stewart doing anything lately in his dirt car ventures or what is he doing if so? Uh, so last weekend he was the car owner for Donnie Schatz when his 11th Knoxville Nationals uh, putting him second behind Steve Kenzer. Um, Tony had, owns a sprint car team with the 14. Uh, they used to have the, or with the 15, but the 14 uh, got – uh, they stopped running the 14 car after last year. Yeah, I, I think Tony's probably ran it a couple times this year so far. He's been scaling it back because he's been so busy with all of his other stuff. Right. He um he owned he co-owns the All Star Circuit of Champions, which is kind of like the second biggest sprint car series. Mm. And uh, obviously, he runs Eldora Speedway. Right. And they literally had back uh, before the Eldora Millie had him. Uh, he was plowing up the track himself three days before the for the big event trying to get their their new dirt off of it because it didn't race that well really hmm that's definitely something good to know tony stewart's still active at a racetrack um well, so, he's actively involved in all of his ventures whether it be nhra or it be dirt when's the last time he went to a nascar race or showed up at his shop and i'm not being funny when i asked that no tony yeah tony he's been there a couple times he's been there a decent I, part of the year i'm yeah, not sure exactly I, but it's been there a couple times Sorry, go ahead, my bad, Evan. I think he was there when Harvick won at Michigan. Yeah. Oh, good to he, know. He's been there a lot this year. I thought he just stopped showing up altogether. He, he stopped when it came to doing like other stuff the same weekend. But he's, he's been at a lot of the cup races this, this year. So. Hmm. So, on to, back to the NASCAR side. So, Kyle Busch might not be back at Joe Gibbs Racing. There are talks of him going to colleagues, Stuart Haas, and 2311. Where do y'all think he ends up, or what do y'all think is most likely going to happen since he said there's going to be a lifestyle change? And that includes his truck team, too, I assume. You want to go first, Evan? I, I honestly think it's leaning towards colleague at this point, but I I don't know if that's just Brett Griffin being more biased towards his own team he's working for. 
but it doesn't obviously it doesn't seem like it's gonna be Joe Gibbs. It just how the way he's talking, the way he says it's gonna be a lifestyle change. I don't see it. Stuart Haas, it seems like they got Custer and Almirola back. Pretty much sure with Almirola and Custer, it's looking like it. Right. But could always go to the 15 for Rick Ware. He could. That, that's the other thing I'm saying. If Custer goes 15, Rick Ware, I think Kyle goes Gibbs. But if he, if Kyle's like, no, I'm not. They don't have open spot at Stuart Haas. I'm not going Gibbs. I think it falls to Colley. I go ahead, Jack. I, I was gonna say, and I don't think 23 um, 11 would be smart right now. That's nothing against the team. Um, I think them branching out the three cars without having a secure charter just yet, it wouldn't be smart enough for the team. They're, they're getting really good now with two cars. Um, expanding the three too soon might not work. I think at least give them two years with this two-car system for them. Um, and then Before they bring Reddick on. Yeah, before before they before they even expand to um, a third car would be the best thing for them to do. But I'm not mad at them for trying to get an extra charter. I mean, I understand why they want that. Um, they've definitely had a return in their investment so far in the last two years over it. So, um, I, but I don't think he would end up being at 23XI unless something dramatic happens in regards to Kurt before the end of this year. Or Ty Gibbs, for that matter, because yeah. I think it's a given Ty Gibbs is going to be in a cup car, whether it's the 45 or 18 next year. I'm like 90% sure we're going to see Ty Gibbs in cup next year. Yeah, I think it's looking 18 since Kyle's not coming back. Oh, Yes. And with Kyle not coming back, before I offer my two cents, that means either his truck team is going to get shut down and Joe Gibbs might take it over mm-hmm. or he's going to change manufacturers. That means Toyota Racing Development is going to lose a lot of – they're going to lose a crucial development program. Mm-hmm. They did the best ones. Right. They didn't want to get rid of Kyle. So 2311, if he's not coming back to Joe Gibbs, will make sense in that sense. Right. I, mean, I, I know Toyota was pushing for him to stay with Toyota. Heavily. Else. I was con- I was concerned that if he tried to take um, the truck team to Chevrolet or Ford, that TRD was going to take his drivers. Like he would right. lose Corey and right. Chandler Smith mm-hmm. and whoever else runs in those trucks at, mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, John Hunter too, probably, but John Hunter's probably going to an Xfinity ride. Right. Yeah, I can see somebody like Chandler Smith getting thrown in like the Sam Hunt twenty six or even. A fourth JGR entry, like mm-hmm. bring the 20 back or something. I can see it happening now. With that being said, I feel like Kyle Busch, if he goes to Colleague, and I ain't going to lie, I want that to happen. Really? Yes, I want it to happen. I want Colleague to open up. Well, I'm going to even say open up. Give him the 16, let AJ Armandinger run his races uncharted. Noah Gregson's going to the 42. It would make sense for them to run a third entry as an open team and let Kyle Busch get that other ride full-time that'll only make justin haley better as a driver that'll make the organization stronger and that'll bring it brings a lot of expertise we saw what kurt bush going to 2311 did Mm -hmm. for bubba and his development and justin haley could use the same just like chris busher with kislowski christopher christopher that's right christopher busher yeah i want kyle bush to go to colleague that doesn't mean it's going to happen but if it happens and this is coming from somebody who couldn't stand kyle bush at one point i think that'll be great for every single party he can bring that organization i won't say to a championship winning organization but they can definitely win races and compete for a championship i just hate the sponsorship thing man yeah you have to do more than just drive a race car nowadays yeah because i i know it's all about ceo changes at mars but it's just i don't know just like with target with larson years ago i felt the same way with the lows and jimmy johnson you know Mm -hmm. i I have have an inside scoop on mars 
I'm listening. Talk that, talk that dirt. Yeah, my uh, brother-in-law, he's worked for Mars Pet Care in Columbia, South Carolina for 24 years now. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was the one that actually broke the news to him because they still, the workers there and people's, like, some lower management there, they still thought they were going to be, like, a main sponsor for right. Joe Gibbs, the 18 car, but they kind of knew it was going to be going from full time. They like, they knew it was going to be going down. But when I said, yeah, they canceled, they're canceling after 2022. He was honestly surprised that leaving the sport, like leaving that team. No, I, he was, maybe they're going to go to Hendrick or something like that, but I don't really see that happening. I, I just see Mars starting to phase out of the sport completely. Yeah. Like, which is sad, you know, because they've been such a, such a predominant sponsor for the last couple of decades. And almost every, not even almost, every race I go to, majority of the kids, I would say half of them are wearing M&M stuff just because of the recognizable candy. I mean, yeah. shoot, growing up black, you saw the M&M's jackets. The M&M's jackets. <laughs> I used to want to ask those kids in middle school, what do you know about Elliot Sadler? What do you know about Kyle Bush? Chris Brown even had a Kyle Bush jacket. Yeah. Man. It, just, it, just, it wearing yeah, numbers I, I, to the black community back in the day. Still I is. did something like that at a, at a concert in Atlanta I went to on uh sunday i i saw this uh girl wearing a sprint car shirt and uh mm. i was like oh yeah nice brad doty shirt and then she just looked at me like yeah man one of my coworkers, he had a jimmy johnson shirt i'm like that's my favorite driver he's like what i'm just a poser people are always wearing those shirts jackets don't know what they're wearing we got to start educating them it's yeah. funny, but it's the style. Got the edge, I, feel like I would still look into it. I feel like uh, you're good, man. I would still look into it and be like, okay, yeah, I bought this cool Eminem's uh, jacket. Like, who wore? Uh, whose car was this for? <laughs> who drove this car? I, I always think of it like my yeah. parents, because um, like my parents are like sometimes they act like super Christians and they think everything's the devil. That's not Jesus. Oh, sorry. But it's like it's like, oh, God, let me start. But um, it's like I, I would imagine somebody. You know, wearing that, not knowing what it's about, and I'm like, you know, that guy that like drives that car is like a, a huge, like prominent Satanist, and like <laughs> he murders like like sheep on on like Twitch and and, and like TikTok oh because he does his Satanist rituals and stuff. Just see how they would feel. I'm like, okay, that's weird. <laughs> um, you know, just just to, just to start some likes and stuff. You know, fake stories about drivers when I see stuff like that. All right, y'all. So before we wrap it up. For this episode, we'll go, we normally Evan do our uh, picks for Daytona. We got the main, well, not even Daytona, the upcoming race. We usually Bristol. choose, yeah, Bristol. That's right. We choose who yeah. we think's gonna win, and we choose a sleeper who we know is gonna be a threat. So, Jack, you go first. Who do you, who are you two uh, guys to win Daytona? Um, I'm still go with uh, Blaney. Uh, I would say that, and I'm saying him as a sleeper only because I don't know how strong Toyota's gonna be this weekend. Uh, Bubba, because we know he's good there, but I'm saying a sleeper once again because I'm not sure how strong Toyota's going to be this weekend. They haven't been strong overall in the ways besides Bubba overall speaking. Right. Um, they've had their moments, but as a whole unit. Well, at Talladega, there. both 23 and 11 cars before Larson destroyed the field yeah. were running. So. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> um, but I, I do want to also say Christopher Busher because. Um, he's shown before that he can do a super speedway racing pretty good. He's been really good this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you never know. I mean, um, I guess technically he would be my sleeper, technically speaking, but you never know. Um, everything, is everything's, everything is falling back. This, this is how, what's his name? Season went. I, I don't even know who to say. Cause a few drivers has Kyle Busch's season. Kyle Busch's, uh, <laughs> Truex. Um, yeah. So Evan, who are, who are your picks? 
my pick for the cup would probably be Bubba is a main one, just two to the best, like modern day right now at the super speedway. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for the human wrecking ball. Ricky Stenhouse. Woo, Wreckhouse for the win. Uh, yes. Yeah, like like I said earlier, it's Daytona. My main pick to win this weekend is going to be Blaney because he almost won the 500 this year. Yeah. He's good on plate tracks. 500 feet. Yeah, man. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, I have a few sleepers. Bubba is one of my sleepers because he finished second the last two Daytona races. Eric yeah. Jones is my other sleeper because he's he hasn't won this year. He's really good overall at Daytona. And my third sleeper is Justin Haley. He's good. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, Justin Haley. He's real good in Xfinity races. He's running the um, for uh Friday night Wawa two fifty, and that'll only roost his confidence for Saturday. It wouldn't surprise me to see him in the top ten or even top five with five to go, waiting for that person to give him a draft. Who's in the sixteen? Because I feel like whoever's in that sixteen is gonna be helping him. Um, I believe it is Hemrick. Right, that makes that's sense. right, Daniel Henry. Yeah, and uh, Noah Gregson's uh, racing, uh, too. Gregson's and... going to be in the 62. Yeah. yeah, I feel like those two guys, if they're there helping him, and Gregson's just racing for fun, mm-hmm. he can definitely use a push from the 16 and 62. Mm-hmm. So look out for Justin Haley. With that being said, was there anything else y'all wanted to talk about before we wrap it up? Uh, Martinsville test. I'm just going to oh, say right. real quick, really quick. Uh, Martinsville had their first of two tests. They're going to test tomorrow as well. Uh, so far, they've it's official as that they're only going to change the left front, well not the left front, left side tires altogether. Um, their um, their entire composition is different. From the test today, they laid a lot more rubber down. Um, however, it also was like 80s to high 70s all day today at, at Martinsville, which is going to be different than when we get there in October. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. It's also coming to they, they mentioned today as well. The drivers did at least. Now, um, today, you know, it's not like how it was in the spring. The spring was extremely cold and wet because it rained all day. Um, so oh, so yeah. they were saying that, like, you know, part of the issue for that day is that no matter what kind of tire you have when you have those kind of conditions where it's that cold, it's hard just to lay rubber down. So, honestly, even though we've talked about how bad it was, it's hard to really judge that race because it was almost a one-off being that it was almost 38 degrees or whatever it was that day. Like 34 um, and it had freezing rain. Yeah. I was there. Oh, you were there? Oh, man, you used to hate that shit. <laughs> it was the worst Martinsville race of our generation. I was freezing my butt off the entire time. Oh, my <laughs> like, goodness. It was it, awful. It's really hard. To, it, you know, and you're right. It's, it definitely was. But it's hard. It's really hard to, to beat that race. Was it 2019 when, when uh, Kozlowski won and he dominated the entire day? Yeah, that was 19. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's hard. It's, it's really hard when you have a race like that and that beats it as being the worst of our generation, you know? One of those two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was all for the uh, for speed wise this weekend. This was Damani, Damani the Goat on Instagram and uh, not Snapchat, Twitter. I was gonna let Evan say his thing if you wanted to. Um, I don't know if I have anything else. Uh, I believe tomorrow for the test, they are testing uh, rain tires right. at Martinsville again. Yes. Mm-hmm. While uh, wetting down the track, that's gonna be very interesting. But I really wish they would do something with the underbodies. I agree. Uh, I, just, uh, I don't know. I just feel like they need to change, try something. No, I, I I fully agree. I just happened to see that they said NASCAR said that they're not doing a change besides just the actual tire compound yeah. itself. No change in the shifting yeah, either. It's going to be shifting on the yeah. front and back stretch. Yeah, they again. different gear and didn't like it. Yeah. So, 
We'll see. I mean, hopefully, I mean, you know, Richmond, they only changed their tires and it was better, thankfully. <laughs> um, and, and I'm saying that really optimistically because Richmond normally is shit. But, I mean, it was really good this last couple of – well, other week it was. Um, so, hopefully, I mean, hopefully the tire temperature and a new tire does help out. But I, I definitely – if it doesn't work out, I would definitely would love to see them NASCAR move forward with taking the underbody off for at least next year at Martinsville, if anywhere else, um, for sure. And then, of course, we still have to see Bristol when Bristol finally goes to concrete uh, in That's the playoffs. Interesting. So we'll see what happens. But uh, shout yourself out, man. What's your, what's your Instagram or Twitter or anything like that? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Evan McCrory, M-C-C-R-O-R-Y. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Father Dunwich, D-U-N-E-W-I-C-H. Or uh, just hit me up on Facebook, Evan McCrory, anything. Uh, thanks for having me on the show, guys. No problem, man. No problem. And this is... At King Dub 24, Mr. Jack Brinson III. And I'm out. So there we go. All right. Thanks for joining us, Evan. Yes, sir. No problem. All right. Catch you on the flip side. All right. See you, boys. Take care, y'all.